I thought I was hallucinating. After that horrible Texas shooting at that mall north of Dallas, all those people killed. We didn't know anything for a, a good long time, like a day and a half went by. No information whatsoever. Until they told us this guy did it, Mauricio Garcia. And oh yes, a white supremacist with neo-Nazi ties. Now, look, this is not a white supremacist. And oh, by the way, we abhor white supremacy. But you know what the left does, right? They think anything MAGA must be white supremacist. That is appalling. This is just pathetic, all right? Now, there's a tattoo, many tattoos. And someone at one point tried to say, that's the, the, the city of Dallas tattoo. No, it looks like it's the Puro Tango Blast prison gang tattoo, all right? This is, um, this is not a white supremacist. Yes, if you stand on your head and cross your eyes and take a drag on a cigarette, one of those etchings might look like a swastika. All right, this is, well, this is what they do now. Um, this is what it's all about. Trying to tarnish or somehow diminish the other side by any means possible. This, again, totally pathetic. Now, in the hours after this horrible shooting, uh, there was very little information at all, conspicuously so. The Collin County Sheriff confirming the shooter is dead. They have not released any information about the shooter. The suspect has not yet been identified. Investigators have not released the names of the victims or the shooter. As of now, we don't know the identity or the motive of the suspect. Yeah, and people were kind of getting impatient. Uh, you, his car was right there, the license plate. They knew all this stuff. They knew. Why don't they tell us? Why do they tell us certain times and other times they don't? Even CNN was getting annoyed. A day after the shooting, local officials there have still not confirmed anything about the shooter's weapon, his name, his identity, his possible motive how long he was shooting people before he was stopped. Officials refused to answer questions at a press conference last night. A, a striking lack of accountability to members of the public for whom they work. Fair point. But just a little while later, everybody found their footing and figured out how they're going to play this one with Mauricio Garcia, white supremacist. Two law enforcement officials tell NBC News that he has interacted with neo-Nazi and white supremacist content online. His social media posts filled with neo-Nazi and white supremacist material. We are told he also had a lot of social media posts that related to white supremacy. Okay, what exactly? Who's saying this stuff? What's posted? Where is it posted? Specifically, what does it say? I think they're making it up as a as I go along. Sorry, but they have very, very little credibility. Same people, the media establishment, components of federal law enforcement tell us that January 6th is the worst thing that ever happened since Pearl Harbor. I don't believe these people, and neither should you. So Mauricio Garcia, right, white supremacist. Well, with that in mind, political exploitation can begin. When you have a white supremacist or anybody they can say is motivated by right-wing extremism, well, 
off Joe and Kamala may go, like they went to Atlanta in the aftermath of those spa shootings, even though law enforcement specifically said it wasn't white supremacy. They went anyway and said it was. Oh, Buffalo visit. Uh, remember that? Uh, apparently that guy saw the Tucker Carlson show once or twice and they tried to say that is white supremacy. He also liked the Green New Deal, but those are details. July 4th, again, whenever they can hang this on a preferred enemy, a preferred culprit, a preferred boogeyman, exploitation begins. Okay, so back to our white supremacist and the whole notion, again, white supremacy is, is ugly. But when they're planning in a little conference room and like, how can we, how can we score points here? It may work in the conference room, but when they actually try that in public to people and the people can speak back, it's pretty awesome. This is Governor Murphy, Democrat of New Jersey. He was desperate, locked in a very tight reelection bid. He wound up winning by about 200 votes. Wow. Take a look at what he tried to do to the good people of New Jersey. There's so much on the ballot. Uh, there's so much at stake. Do we stand with our sacred democracy or do we stand with, with uh, Confederate flags and white supremacists and a pack of lies? Do we stand? Do we continue? Do we continue to make the tough? Man, did he deserve that white supremacy? It's so it's insulting. And actually, it's kind of comical because it's so insane. Um, but it's convenient for them. And you know what's really inconvenient? When the maniac shooter turns out to be a person of color, motivated by, say, anti-white hatred, as happens, unfortunately, rather routinely right here in the New York City subway last summer. Boulder, Colorado. Does anybody remember this? Uh, an Islamic extremist opened fire at a shopping center there killed about 10 people waukesha wisconsin this man fueled by anti-white hatred ran into about a dozen people some toddlers some in their 70s just a horrible horrible episode and joe biden did not come to the rescue didn't even offer any kind of support in person look here's how it works okay there is a matrix for this stuff the media political exploitation righty so if you have a white assailant plus a white victim, eh, not much there, unless it's a rich person like that guy in South Carolina. Black assailant, black victim, no brainer, nobody cares, all right? That's minimized, nobody can exploit it. Black assailant, white victim, total non-story, gotta avoid it, puts too many people in an awkward position. However, when we have this kind of setup, a white assailant, a white accused, and a black victim, that is political jackpot. That's how it works. This is a little subconscious, sometimes it's conscious, little equation that politicians use, people in media use. I actually believe that all people are important, right? All lives matter. And when you say that, you can find yourself in trouble. In New York City, well, we have a situation where the accused happens to be white and the victim happens to be black. The accused, Daniel Penny, and the victim, Jordan Neely. Now, you may have seen this. Jordan Neely was hassling people reportedly on a train, uh, threatening violence, acting like a crazy person. Uh, Mr. Neely, Penny rather, Penny subdued Neely. And uh, it may have been a chokehold. We're not sure. We don't know exactly what happened, but you can see he's got his arm around him, around his chest, maybe his neck. Neely died sometime later. And now everyone's coming at Penny because he stood up and defended those on the train. He's not a trained law enforcement officer, but this happened. 
And because he's white and the victim is black, well, all hell is breaking loose. Yeah, uh, they stopped train traffic. God, this is very, very dangerous. Uh, but they're protesting what happened. I don't know how this is going to help the situation. And they're getting in the faces of cops who weren't even there, had nothing to do with it. Can I see the, yeah, this again. <laughs> they're so kind of sure in their own lives, right, that they jump on the train tracks to, somebody once told me it's so much easier to call for change in someone else, in some institution, than to actually make change in your own life. I guess they've got it all figured out. They're all perfect. Anyway, everyone's taking their role, their assigned role in this thing. The media throwing fuel on the fire and choosing sides. Calls for justice and also outrage, Gilma, growing by the day. Many are angry and fed up with the system that failed Neely, who was living on the streets, performing on the subway as Michael Jackson, and battling mental illness, which he started experiencing after his mother was murdered when he was a teenager. You can see here how New Yorkers are trying to remember Jordan Neely's life at the Broadway Lafayette station. A lot of flowers, candles, and signs here. Uh, Jordan spent a lot of time on the subway his life ended on the subway as well Ooh, how poetic right oh he lived on the subway he died on the subway but you see how this is it's stirring things up the system failed nearly we don't know that at this point um, this is the kind of thing that gets people to jump on train tracks and hassling cops, right? This kind of one-sided, I guess, what did Rush call it? The drive-by media. And the drive-by media, they have a notion in their head about January 6th and Black Lives Matter, right? Black li January 6th on the left, worst thing that happened since Pearl Harbor. On the right, Black Lives Matter, the most beautiful social justice movement in history. Um, and regular people are getting victimized by this false narrative. Now, can I see Mr. Penny and Mr. Neely again, okay? There they are in New York, and this is the biggest story right now here in New York City because of the racial component. You know, about a half mile away from where that happened, not too long ago, a black man shot another black man in the face, some stupid argument in a smoke shop. Shot him in the face and then shot him in the back and then pickpocketed him. It's kind of a big deal, right? No, because you got to remember our equation. Black on black, not a big deal. All lives matter, though. That's why that's a really important sentiment, I believe. This is horrendous. It's all horrendous, but they only care. It's weird. Their standards seem to be somehow higher for white people, right? I mean, it's okay for a black person, but not for a white person. It's very strange. Higher and at the same time lower. Do you remember this image from January 6th? Okay. Uh, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, there's a police officer. I didn't really think much of it. Um, the mainstream media told me that this was the most iconic image of the 21st century. And this guy who walked backwards was, look, he's a fine cop, but man, they invited him, I think, to the State of the Union and gave him a. Uh, <laughs> anyway, take a look. U.S. Capitol Police Officer Eugene Goodman has been hailed as a hero for leading the insurrectionists that stormed the U.S. Capitol 
away from the Senate chamber. Because of his quick thinking, because of his training, and because of his personal bravery, um, deflected the movement of this angry mob. Eugene Goodman was one of the many Capitol Police who were on the right side of history last week. We know that the, the incredible American hero, Eugene Goodman, I mean, all of these police officers were heroes. But the fact that he saved Mitt Romney's life. Uh, I don't see it that way. I, I, I know that's the narrative, and, uh, but it's kind of strange. There's like a, an excessive amount of praise. It's political correctness. I mean, let's face it. And political correctness is actually going to start getting people killed if it hasn't already. So the FBI, who totally woke. But a few years ago, they, well, they weren't really afraid. And they put out a report called uh, BIE, Black Identity Extremists Likely Motivated to Target Law Enforcement Officers. It is a chilling 12-page report talking about how perceived injustice against black people will lead to coordinated attacks against law enforcement. And that was happening, and it is happening. But guess what? It hurt certain lawmakers' feelings. They happen to have a lot of security and a lot of money, but um, they just didn't like seeing it in writing. What do they say? It's the quiet part out loud, and it really got to them. And so I would like to know, what will you do to essentially roll back what is listed in this report? Because it's not accurate. Sir? I will, we will look at the report. I actually um, would be interested in reading it. Oh, yeah, Jeff Sessions. <laughs> what a trooper, huh? Real tough. Anyway, uh, so what did they do? They deleted the thing. They deleted Christopher Ray. Uh, the swamp said jump. He said how high, and this is the result. So nobody is being surveilled or investigated on the black and any extremism. We don't use we don't use that terminology anymore. That was part of the reorganization of all of our domestic terrorism threat categorization. That terminology went away uh, as part of this racially motivated violent extremism category. You can talk about white supremacy, but you can't talk about black, black identity extremism. Uh, you just can't because, again, um, I guess, I don't know. I don't know what their hang-up is, but let's just speak. Can we and can we please stop playing the game with white supremacy at this Mauricio Garcia, all right? Look, there is an insane conversation happening about race in America to avoid an important, substantive, and uncomfortable conversation about race. I mean, does this sound like a healthy conversation? I believe that five million in reparations is too little for the work that foundational black Americans have done for this country and as well for other countries. I believe that 7.6 million is a number that can be used very wisely in our foundational black American communities. $200 million for each and every African American. All we're asking for is $120 billion because I'm demanding that we have $5,000 every single month to the day we die. All right, he's got to check his math on that one. But believe it or not, they're not that far out of whack. The, <laughs> they actually recommended the commission uh, a $1.2 million reparation per person. This could actually happen. Uh, talk about inflationary pressures, right? So it, this is one big toxic stew, right? And who's really most at risk right now? Ordinary people and cops. 
and cops. Take a look at this. This is footage captured by independent photojournalist Rebecca Brannon. Look at this guy just get hassled as he's trying to do his job because of this Jordan Neely thing. I'm gonna make them back you up. Watch it. Watch That's right. That's right, nigga. Don't touch nigga. It's that time. It's that time. Let the white man get away. Let the white man walk out the door. You know who you can blame? I blame mainstream media and Joe Biden and Barack Obama. This is on them. They made it happen with a hell of a lot of help from corporate America, the NFL, and beyond. What a disgrace. But there's hope when I come back. That's Richard Dreyfus, the actor in Jaws, and there he is in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, and there he is in some other movie. <laughs> anyway, a very good actor, and did you see what he said about Hollywood culture and wokeness and all this stuff? I think he's dynamite. Uh, listen to this. He was on Frontline, which is on PBS, and I think, uh, I don't know if he's going to be invited back anytime soon, but uh, I love this. Take a look. Starting in 2024, films will be required to meet new inclusion standards um, to be eligible for the Academy Awards for Best Picture. They'll have to have a certain percentage of actors or crew from underrepresented racial and ethnic groups. What do you think of these new inclusion standards for films? They make me vomit. Why? Because this is an art form. It's also a form of commerce and it makes money, but it's an art. And no one should be telling me as an artist that I have to give in to the latest, most current idea of what morality is. And what are we risking? Are we really risking hurting people's feelings? You can't legislate that. And you have to let life be life. And I'm sorry, I don't think that there's a minority or a majority in the country that has to be catered to like that. You know, Laurence Olivier was the last white actor to play Othello. And he did it in 1965. And he did it in blackface. And he played a black man brilliantly. Am I being told that I will never have a chance to play a black man? Is someone else being told that if they're not Jewish, they shouldn't play the Merchant of Venice? Mm -hmm. Are we crazy? Do we not know that art is art? This is so patronizing. It's so, it's so thoughtless and, and, and treating people like children. He's right, isn't he? Uh, and it's great to hear somebody say it out loud. No, blackface is a different story. That's not done anymore, but everything else, my goodness gracious. And it's just so wonderful when you hear the truth, when you hear somebody who's unafraid. How old is he now? 75 years old. Richard Dreyfus. Huh? I think I'm going to rent Close Encounters of the Third Kind this weekend because movies these days are 
Not so good, right? <laughs> Movies these days, mostly television shows and things that blow up and stuff like that. So I am uh, not watching as much TV, but what I am doing is studying our Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. I believe they're coming to take our rights, and we have to know what they are. Do you know what the Third Amendment is? Do you know what the Ninth Amendment is? Do you know what the Tenth Amendment is? I actually need work. <laughs> on those three amendments big time, all right? Uh, a lot of people do. Even, um, even Chris Cuomo, when he was on CNN, didn't even seem to understand anything, anything about the First Amendment. Check this out. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Well, the First Amendment of the Constitution would be a great place to start because it says it in there, right in there, all right, in the Bill of Rights. Now, I'm working on memorizing this. I got a long way to go, and quite frankly, I'm not there yet. So let's put the First Amendment on the screen. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble. Hey, you got that, Chris? And to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Nine out of ten people will tell you that it's just about freedom of uh, press freedom of speech. There's some other things in there, and they are golden. Our Constitution is golden. And instead of watching Netflix, I want this baby in my heart, okay, and in my brain. Cold. It's my project for the rest of 2023. All right, Clarence Thomas, how is he holding up? You know, the left-wing media is coming for him really bad, really hard. Um, he did nothing wrong. We're talking about peanuts, peanuts, very, nothing, nothing. And he's well within the boundaries, well within the guidelines. Hospitality, you know, they're hassling him because he went on vacation with a rich friend. All right. That is nothing compared to Justice Sotomayor. They're looking for people with Court of Appeals experience because it is Court of Appeals is where policy is made. And I know, and I know this is on tape, and I should never say that because we don't make law. I know. Um, uh, okay, I, I know. I'm not. I'm not promoting it, and I'm not advocating it. I'm, you know. Um, okay. Um, having said that. Wow, she really needed to uh, withdraw her nomination right then and there. That's Justice Sotomayor. She's been on the court now for 14 years. Well, take a look at this. They're hassling a. Uh, Clarence Thomas over a cup of coffee. Sotomayor received $3 million for her memoir, uh, and the publisher has had business before the Supreme Court. Penguin Random House held multiple cases before the Supreme Court. Sotomayor declined to recuse herself. Can I see that figure one more time? $3 million for her memoir? Could she possibly have sold enough books to make back that advance? I wonder. I really wonder. Hey, this might be a matter for one of my favorite United States senators, Josh Hawley. Check this out. General, I think you should resign. Secretary Austin, I think you should resign. I think this mission was a catastrophe. We find tens of thousands of children who are forced to work as slaves because of your policies, and you turn around and blame a prior administration. You should have resigned long ago. And if you cannot change course, you should be removed from office. 
Excellent work. Senator Hawley, Mayorkas talking to you. Absolutely. So uh, the January 6th committee went after Josh Hawley and they lied about him. Do you remember when he kind of gave the, yeah, way to go uh, sign to who knows who he was talking to? This is not this is not a hate symbol. They tried to make him into some sort of radical. This is a totally acceptable thing to do. Remember the horrible things they said about him? And then they said he he ran away on January 6th. I knew that they were up to something. This is how I presented it. This was last summer. They accused him of running, running away. He didn't. Take a look at what they said and what he actually did. Later that day, Senator Hawley fled after those protesters he helped to rile up stormed the Capitol. See for yourself. Oh, he's terrified, isn't he? This looks like a guy who might be running 30 seconds late for a train. He's just going home, fleeing, running. He looks like one of those guys commuting. He looks like that guy from Mad Men. Maybe they're going to stop at a bar for a drink. Give me a break. Again, it was just everything they do. They go too far. And they went even further than I thought. All right. So we know from Tucker, who reported two months ago, he got that footage from uh, Speaker McCarthy. More about him later. Um, they played so many tricks with this footage. Um, look at what Tucker found out. To prove that Josh Hawley was a coward, the committee released a video of him loping out of the building on the afternoon of January 6th with a police escort. The tape became a staple on social media. The actual videotape shows that Hawley was one of many lawmakers being ushered out of the building by Capitol Hill police officers. And in fact, Hawley was at the back of the pack. The coward tape was a lie, one of many from the January 6th committee. Amazing, right? Hey, with Tucker temporarily off the air, we hope he comes back. I'd love to have him at Newsmax. We'll see what happens. But where are those 40,000 hours of tape? I mean, Andrew, Mc what's his name? Speaker McCarthy. I always call him Andrew, like that actor from the 80s. Um, McCarthy, this guy. Where are the damn tapes? Why don't you give them to the rest of us, okay? Or just put them online, make them public. 40,000 hours, that's the American people's property. And uh, you got to still get your act straightened out when it comes to Ashley Babbitt. One of the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the oversight dais was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered? Or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Yeah, that's a really big problem I have with uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Ashley Babbitt, no. No way was that uh, officer doing his job. That officer was committing a crime. And we're not going to forget it about it here. And uh, you know who else is not going to forget? Donald Trump. When I spent time with him two weeks ago, he brought it up. It didn't actually, wasn't in response to a direct question. He brought it up. We have very strong people in this country. And they've been sitting back and watching. They've been watching. They've watched that whole situation at the Capitol. They didn't walk in with guns. They shot Ashley Babbitt. That officer, bad things should happen to him. He shot her, and she was totally defenseless. She was like an American patriot. You look at her, everything online, the flag and the whole thing. She was an American patriot. They shot her, and nothing happened to him. If that were the other way around, they would have been held to pay. He's talking about the racial component, I do believe, and yes, 
it would have been an entirely different story. Ashley Babbitt, we can never forget what happened to that woman, to that patriot. And um, her family, I know, is exploring a lawsuit and other options. And uh, someday there will be justice for Ashley Babbitt. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, it's Carson. Some big news. Former President Trump is urging you to get a copy of David Horowitz's new book. It's called The Final Battle. It's a number one bestseller. The Final Battle reveals a secret plan led by leftists and a new woke generation who want to destroy America, and we know it. Horowitz says they're in schools, our churches, even our military. The Final Battle explains how Joe Biden and the big media want to stop Trump and DeSantis before 2024. Horowitz even names the names of secret players behind it all. Newsmax calls Final Battle the book of the year. I've got a copy of it in my office. Mike Huckabee says he couldn't stop reading it. Get Final Battle in bookstores and check out the free offer and save $28. Just call 800-NEWSMAX, that's 800-NEWSMAX, or go to FinalBattle611.com to get your free copy today. Well, there's the Second Amendment. Uh, Pretty clear cut, right? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, except if you go to the mall. There's a rule at the mall, and the mall in Allen, Texas, actually, no weapons, no weapons. One of those gun-free zones. I wonder if that horrible situation would have been as horrible if, well, uh, somebody with a gun. I mean, the cops did a great job, but sometimes the cops, you got to wait on them, right? you got to wait on them. What's going on in Texas? And the alleged shooter, and uh, the evidence is overwhelming, is, uh, is this guy. A white supremacist, for real? We are joined by former Congresswoman Myra Flores of Texas, uh, a real hero, uh, uh, born in Mexico, the first Mexican-born member of the House. It's so good to see you again. I wish you were still in the House. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Actually getting a lot more done than I was actually (laughs) getting done in Congress. When I was in Congress, uh, the Democrats had the majority, and um, it was very difficult to get anything done when the Democrats had the majority. So I'm actually getting a lot done at uh, TPPF here in, in Texas. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I know. Gridlock Central down there in Washington, certainly with the Democrats in charge. So look, give us a temperature uh, down there. You know what happened in Brownsville, that horrible uh, drive-by, those people mowed down, and uh, this this matter in Allen. But I keep hearing from the media, even the driver, they wanted to tie it to white supremacy and neo-Nazis. We in MAGA abhor white supremacy, but I think that's some sort of clumsy effort to tie it to MAGA. What do you think? You know, I, George Alvarez, I hope he spends the rest of his life in prison. And he shouldn't. He should have been in prison. He has a quite lengthy criminal record. And again, it's Democrat policies that released him. And he should have been in jail. And now we have eight lives lost. And no one deserves that. It's it's heartbreaking that this happened here in, in South Texas. Well, it, it doesn't matter where it happened. It's heartbreaking. No one deserves that. You know, lives are is a life, and I don't care what your immigration status is. Um, there, it's valuable, and I'm just heartbroken um, to see that this actually happened. And I hope he spends the rest of his life in prison. Uh, yeah, no, the video was so so awful. Now to the shooting. 
you saw, perhaps you saw that that rule uh, that the mall had, no weapons, a gun-free zone, which seems to be totally unenforceable. But they have them here in New York, and it does have kind of an inhibiting effect. Do people blow those things off, or are they something to be reckoned with when you're in your neck of the woods? You know, these... These shootings continue to happen in gun-free zones, and it's time that we uh, protect our families and that we arm ourselves, and that if a facility doesn't allow us to protect ourselves, we shouldn't be there. We have a problem, and we shouldn't ignore the problem. We have a serious mental health issue, and I think that we need to invest in in it because we cannot continue like this it's not right that we don't feel safe going to the mall to spend time with our families it's not right that our children don't feel safe at schools there's something wrong and we shouldn't ignore it um so that's why i believe that it's so important for us to invest in mental health and at the same time protect our second amendment that we should not give up because criminals do not care for laws they will find a way to obtain um, that gun in Mexico, where I'm from. Um, it's illegal to have to have guns, yet the Mexican cartel gets to ride all over town with them. Hey, Myra, how's your daughter? Uh, she was famously given the brush off by Nancy Pelosi in that that footage scene around the world <laughs> and uh, just an amazingly uh, cute and poised little girl. And <laughs> <laughs> Queen Nancy, whatever. Uh, how, how is she? And uh, this, what, what was the bottom line on this moment? Did you ever get an explanation from her? I never got an, an explanation. I never got an apology at all. And I don't expect anything from her. Um, but I'm so proud of my daughter, the way she handled herself. And she's doing great. Um, she's uh, finishing third grade and going on fourth grade. And awesome. very proud of, of her and her confidence and how she handled the situation. Uh, Myra, real quick, I only have uh, 10 seconds left. What's next for you? I know you're doing some important work, but are you going to run again? I'm saying in prayer and asking God to guide me. I haven't made a decision, but definitely everything that's happening at our southern border right now and seeing what's happening in our economy, it's definitely encouraged me uh, to run again. But we'll see. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd personally love to see it. Myra Flores, uh, to be continued for sure, former congresswoman from uh, South Texas, to be continued. I'll be right back. Thank you. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. So you're looking at the uh, explosion, the cloud over East Palestine, Ohio. Remember this? Remember this catastrophe 95 days ago? Wow. Uh, that was such a big deal. Well, guess what? It still is. And Joe Biden never lived up to his promise. I've spoken with every official in Ohio, and I will be on the I will be out there at some point. All right, he gave himself some wiggle room. Well, you know who got himself there very quickly? President Trump. An amazing visit, really. 
people really responded. But look, what's happening there right now? What's happening in East Palestine? That is the president. Yeah, there he is, the back. Seeing him from the back, that's okay. Tammy and Rick Chai join us once again. They're residents of East Palestine, Ohio. They live very close, two miles from the accident, and they've been there for 30 years. Good to see you both again. Um, how's it Thank going? Well, it's um, it's going. Uh, every day there's something new that's uncovered and exposed. People are still very sick. Uh, people are learning that they're being poisoned with uh Final chloride poisoning and benzene poisoning. The water is still contaminated, and we're at a point where we are running out of water to drink. And it's very concerning for people like my husband and uh, we live on a property that has well water, so we're not supplied with municipal water. So, in, in this uh, time since we last saw you, we have been actively working on moving from our home. How are you both feeling? Physically, how are you doing? Has this impacted your health? So that's funny, Greg. Um, last time we talked was just right after the derailment. Tammy had a scratchy voice and throat. And I remember telling you, I feel the same as I feel after the accident. And then I started investigating the creeks, filming once and twice a week. Um, I sent some pictures of a big, large welt that I got on my back. Um, I had diarrhea for five weeks straight, didn't have a regular bowel movement. Um, I've never had acid reflux in my life, and it was like a spray bottle of mist spraying into my um, uh, mouth, burning uh, acids burning my throat, uh, my lips. So it's real. This stuff is real. Yeah. As I would get away from the creeks, um, then I would slowly heal. There's some bad chemicals here. Uh I go into town, I, I spend 10 minutes in a building, and I get a sore throat and runny nose, so I stay out of town. Look, I'm not a doctor. I did talk to you uh, about three months ago, and yeah, I mean, it looks like it's taken some wear and tear. Please, uh, we got to get you out of there. I, and all the other people, I mean, goodness gracious. All right, look, uh, we can help you out. Uh, well, there are a couple of things. East Palestine off the rails. If you put that in the GoFundMe search, uh, they're raising money for residents directly affected. East Palestine off the rails. That's the GoFundMe. And then Tammy. Sorry? And the Give, Send, Go. We have a Give, Send, Go in case people are comfortable with the GoFundMe. Give, Send, Go. If you don't like GoFundMe, got it. East Palestine off the rails. And we can email you, Tammy, EastPalestineTammy at gmail.com. East Palestine Tammy at gmail.com. And this is uh, more specifically for water and, and what else, yes. Tammy? It's for water donations, uh, first and foremost, because of, there's so many people on well water. We're talking thousands of people that are relying on bottled water, and many of the communities don't have any right now. There are some, um, but there is some bottled water at the church and some in town, but People like uh, that are in Negley and Darlington Township and Enon Valley and Darlington right. and Unity Township that are near the creeks yep. that are still contaminated and that have have had fallout from the chemical bomb that happened on the 6th. Right. That stuff can be seeping into their uh, wells, and we're very concerned about that. We want to make sure everybody and has water. Greg, can I say something, Greg? Uh, we're kind of out of time. Uh, okay. Can you make it real quick? Well, um, since I've been writing more prescriptions for patients, they're testing positive for vinyl chloride uh, and metabolites and benzene in their bodies. That's right. You're a chiropractor. Look, East Palestine, Tammy at Gmail. 
and East Palestine off the rails at Give, Send, Go. I'm worried about you guys. It's good to see you again, though. Let's keep in touch. East Palestine, Ohio. How could – unbelievable uh, what Joe Just Biden hasn't done. Hmm? Just please help if you can. Anything is, is, is great. Okay, you got it. And we can, I can tell it's, it's, it's needed. Thank you so much. To be continued. And I'll be right back. Bye, Tammy. And Someone is going to tell Joe Biden that uh, it's time to step down. <laughs> time to quit the race. Look at these numbers. ABC News, the liberal media did this poll. 54% believe that Donald Trump did a better job of the economy than Joe Biden, 36%. Wow. Next, please. Oh, Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden by eight points. Eight points? Uh, how about this? What about mental acuity? Does Biden or Trump have the mental sharpness to serve? 63% said Joe Biden does not. He cannot continue. This is it. It's over. He's doomed. Oh, by the way, Donald Trump, take a look at his number there. Yeah. Everybody knows uh, that he's got it, and uh, he's, uh, he's not losing anything. He's not losing anything. All right, so Joe Biden had an interview. It was Friday night, hoping that folks would miss it, and uh, I actually, well, I watched it the next day. And it was disastrous, but, you know, it's Joe, so they pretend it was normal. It wasn't. This is something you have wanted to do for decades, rebuild America, bring jobs back, but it's going to take time to implement it. People haven't seen it. A year from now, what will Americans see? Well, they're going to see bridges that didn't exist before that were shut down. You're going to see, uh, for example, you're going to be able to get an Amtrak and instead of going through the tunnel in Baltimore at 30 miles an hour because nothing's been done under the Chesapeake Bay for under the, the, Baltimore, uh, the Baltimore area for 80 years. They're going to be able to go to 100, through it 100 miles an hour. All right, that's he's totally all over the place, right? This is uh, this is bad, and uh, they try to bail him out. Watch. You talk about fighting for the soul of America, but can we level set in terms of the soul of America right now? Hate crimes are on the rise. Random acts of gun violence. Women are under attack, Mr. President. I'll, I'll do one. The answer is yes, because that's why we can't let. Well, um, we cannot let this election be one where the same man who was president four years ago uh, becomes president again. Well, that's not what the numbers said, <laughs> is it, Joe? Not by a long shot. Yikes, that was ugly. I'll be right back. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Well, hi, everybody. Thank you for watching the show and getting the word out. Some exciting things are happening here at Newsmax. And if you feel like it, maybe consider buying my book. It uh, came out uh, in January, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Uh, and they are wrong in, in so many ways. But I'm really proud of the January 6th chapter. I'm proud of the whole thing, but January 6th in particular. And remember when Donald Trump held up that Bible outside the church and the fake news acted like it was the worst thing that ever happened? That was a moment, actually, where I realized I need to document this in a book. 
That was a totally appropriate thing to do, and everybody was going crazy, and a tweet wasn't enough, and even a show wasn't enough. Now it's a book, and I hope you'll consider it, and I hope I'll see you tomorrow night. Many thanks.